we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. What has his death and resurrection accomplished in your life? How does your life reflect what he has done? Hallelujah. Well, we know that holiday seasons are, they, they are what they are. Uh, they're busy. Uh, they, uh, and then we, we drop uh, uh, deer season in here. You know, uh, it is what it is, right? Yeah, God bless them. I, I hope they're successful. And uh, uh, I know that the, uh, all those hunters will return, you know, next week. And, uh, well, no, next week is still hunting season. So it depends on whether or not if they are successful this week, they'll be in church next, next Sunday. But if they're, if they're not, they're probably still going to pursue that, uh, uh, you know, that very evasive, uh, you know, little creature that uh, uh, we love in the North Woods here. Well, Father, we thank you and we bless you that you are who you are. And it's because of who you are, Lord God, that we can discover who we are to be. So we thank you for that this morning and uh, that you are our focus. You are the reason that we're here. Uh, It is your honor. It's your glory. And uh, we're just so privileged and so honored to be part of that great work in the earth today. I just want to thank you for the blessings that have already been apparent and uh, recognized, God. They've come into the fields of each individual's territory, and yet there is still yet more that you have for your children. And we just look to you when we bow our knee to the Father who is above and worship your Son, Jesus Christ, and are so thankful for the Holy Spirit that you have sent to be with us today. God, just bless with the abundant blessing that you have for each individual. We ask it in Jesus' name. Well, we've been doing quite a series, I guess, in terms of of last week was uh, divine interventions, divine turnarounds, divine exchanges uh, that have went on. And at the end of the service, I said, you know, it's, it's just time to go ahead and have revival. And you go, well, is it something that we can generate or, or, or uh, you know, create ourselves. No, but we can participate in it. Revival is something that God always is in actively doing. And while we talk about revival and we talk about, uh, you know, uh, raising up and restoration and those, those individual things, sometimes that's as far as it goes. I mean, it's, it's inspiring at first, you know. We get excited about it, you know, and, and we, we get visions and visualizations, thank you so much, of, of it, you know, and, 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 and when we do, oftentimes, it, if there's any age in us, it will have some kind of reference to yesterday. And we will go ahead and, you know, make, uh, uh, that, that's what the picture will show us. 
primarily in our mind, is, is what we saw yesterday. Great. Praise the Lord. History's wonderful. Uh, but at the same time, it is not, you know, limited to that. God said, I'm going to do a new thing. A new thing. And he said it will be so amazing and in, in, in beyond the parameters of whatever has taken place, uh, you know, in your history, that you're going to have a hard time perceiving it. In fact, he asks and, and says in that passage of Scripture, will you perceive it? Will it be, you know what I mean, so far removed from your history? I mean, it's still God, but, you know, so unlike yesterday that somehow you might not even go ahead and get a hold of it, you know, today. And, and maybe you will, but you might be late in arrival, all right? You know, which oftentimes can happen is, is that we, we, we catch the train, you know, after it's been running for a while. So uh, whatever the case is, uh, in an individual's life, uh, uh, you know, God, he, he's, he's, he's not someone that, you know, that says, well, if you don't get on at the right time, you can't get on. <laughs> he doesn't do that, you know what I mean? I mean, he, he's, he, we can get on board anytime, but uh, let's go ahead and have revival. Have revival because he's already come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. So unless we have reached the full capacity and the full potential of, of, of who Jesus Christ is, because that's what revival really is, is conforming us to the image of his son so, so that we might do the work of his son. Not, of course, placed in one individual as it was in Jesus Christ, but across the body, which is the church his body. So, so you will not see this fullness of God in one individual, but you can see the fullness of God spread out across the body of Christ. So an enlarged view, so to speak, you know, and, and that's why we need information. It's good to hear about the mission field because there is amazing, you know, power things going on across the world. Fact is, you know, in the, in the third world countries, you will see people being raised from the dead. Well, how many know Jesus did that? You see, and yet it says that in Jesus, you know, there was no limit to God's investment in him. He received the spirit without measure. Now, the measures that we have in our life is dependent upon our relationship and our participation in the presence of the Almighty God. It can go up and it can go down. But praise God, it's, it's not limited in the, in the measure of that you can get more. But no one individual will ever be, you know, it says that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some, some, and, and teachers. So, you know, Jesus was all those. But he went ahead and divested himself in, you know, out into uh, uh, measurements, measurements of, uh, of that. So, uh, yeah, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more uh, abundantly. So the abundant life is already here. We want to tap into it. Now we're saved, uh, you know, 
Uh, as I look out, I think everyone here is saved. You know, if we're not, we're going to get you saved before you leave, okay? <laughs> but uh, uh, having revival, how, how could we, how can we start revival? How can we start revival? And so uh, I was thinking about that. And I think that we got to start at the cross. In our revival, I think we have to start at the cross. It is the, it is the center, you know, it's, it's the theme, it's the trans, transforming, it is the flag, you know, of the church. Uh, it, is, it is the, you know, the uh, redeeming, it is the empowering, it is what we're about, the cross of Jesus Christ. And so as we start this, we want to look at that, uh, uh, that cross that, which pertains to us in living. We're going to look at this morning at the table of the Lord. Because the table of the Lord is all about the cross. And the man on the cross, Jesus Christ. I want to just throw something out to you before we get started here. David said in Psalms 23, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The presence of mine enemies. So then Paul writes in the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, you're familiar, chapter 11. This will be a little more teaching, but I hope that it sparks something. Verse, uh, chapter 11, starts at 23. For I received from the Lord that which I received, which, that which I delivered to you, that, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup of this after supper, saying the cup is the new covenant in the blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death Till he comes. Then he goes on and talks about, you know, uh, some things we, we will discuss, uh, you know, as we, as we go on here. But the table of the Lord, the table of the Lord, the transforming power of the cross. It is true that the Christian church has went ahead and celebrated, you know, uh, the crucifixion, the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, you know. They celebrate it in their homes when they get together and, you know, as the church grew and developed and it, it, it went from just being in homes, you know what I mean, into uh, uh, gathering centers. And they would celebrate, uh, uh, you know, sometimes openly and sometimes secretly uh, this great event uh, of the table of the Lord. And uh, it's one of those things that very dear one of those elements that when we do it and when we come to it, it we should be humbled by the message of it and the, and the meaning of it. Because, see, there's so much about the cross. The cross ends a life, and it begins a life. It ends a life, 
and it begins a life. I am crucified with Christ. How many know that that's a death? But it also, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So there's a termination of, you know, of the old man, the, the, the old appetite, the old nature, but there's also the beginning of the new. So it's an ending in life and a beginning of life. The table of the Lord can... Because it's done, you know, sometimes frequently or infrequently, it can become very common. But it is really an opportunity to worship the Lord. It's an opportunity to remember what Jesus has done for us at Calvary. It is our central theme. It's been around a while. But it hasn't lost, it should not lose its importance. It should not lose its inspiration, nor should it lose its power in our lives. It's a time to rehearse the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only for yourself, but in the ears of those who have not heard. It's a time to reflect. Reflect upon, you know... What the cross has done for you in your individual life. What does it mean to you? Because often as you do it, you know what I mean? You're supposed to be doing something. You're showing forth the Lord's death. And there are some steps in, in, in that we want to look at this morning, you know, about what this really is. And that is, it is a time, slide one, it's a time of commemoration, not communication, a time of commemoration. Notice what the definition of it, commemoration is. It's a ceremony of celebration in which a person or event is remembered. In this case, it is both. It is the remembrance of an event that took place in a person, you know what I mean, who was involved in that, that event. It's a calling to mind. You've heard this before, but it's a defining moment. A defining moment in the life of an individual. Because see, when the children of Israel were called out of Egypt, and through the process of their leader Moses, they instituted the Passover. And as a result of the institution of the Passover, it was, you know, a time that they would celebrate every year, that they would, you know, it would come to grips and realization, you know, and, 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 and a, a, a full reminder of that event that took place. The details that went into it. The results that became theirs as a result of what had, what had happened. So it's a time of commemoration, a ceremony and a celebration. 
of a person, an event. It's a time of remembering that there's one sacrifice for everybody for all times. According to the book of Hebrews 10 and 10, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. You say, Pastor, that's old news. It is old news, but it's still good news. And Paul said it needs to have a fresh newness in you. Every time you do it, it should have some fresh newness to you. As you go along, you you become more acquainted and realize the birth of something, which is this really is. Let's take, for instance, you know, when you were born. How many can remember your first birthday party? Can't do it, can you? No. Second birthday party, third birthday party. I don't know exactly where we get to where we finally start to get association. Association starts to come. And then as those continue on, you know, the value of your birthday becomes more and more apparent. It does. Because you begin to understand what went on, what took place, what was given, what was imparted. Why do I look the way I do? The genetics, because you see, the parenting is starting to show up. So when, when we have a, a, a remembrance, you know, we're going back to the cross, and as you grow in it, your, 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 your perception and your understanding and your appreciation of it should also grow. And once and for all, he went ahead and sanctified me, set me apart. Recalling what took place, not only what Christ did, but what took place in your life. It's a time to remember he left heaven to be born in a human body. He became poor that you could become rich. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That's what it says. He bore his own sins in the body on the tree. He himself bore our sins in his own body in the tree that we having died to sin, might live to righteousness, then, of course, by whose stripes we are healed. I mean, God is really covering all the bases for us here. He said, you're going to have some issues afterwards, but I've already went ahead and planned for it. 
He said, sometimes, you know, this body that you live in, it's going to have, it's going to need a little help. There are things that might begin to attack it, but I've went ahead and through the stripes them on my back, I've afforded your healing. I've paid for it. Remembering. Now, now this one thing I know that at, you know, in my youth, stripes upon his back, you know, we really didn't get so close to my heart because I had the strength of youth. But as life, wear and tear goes on, I've had to afford <laughs> and draw upon the, you know, the provision that by his stripes were healed. He wants us to remember what you have in him. He shed his blood for our re- redemption. He's redeemed us to God by his own blood. He conquered death for us. He ever lives to make intercession. The recalling of the Passover was a major moment for Israel. The recalling of the cross needs to be major moments in our lives. Now, yes, we sing about the cross. We, we rejoice in the cross. We do all of that. But here's what he said. He said you need to, often as you do this, you know, it really needs to be some remembering of the event and what took place. So it's a time of commemoration. It's a time of contemplation. The act of looking thoughtfully at something for a long time. It's to examine, inspection, and survey. Pastor, we don't have time. Well, you know, the mind's pretty quick. But it's the definition there. To look at something thoughtfully. To examine, inspection, and to survey. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, this is a faithful saying, that worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul pens after that, he said, of whom I'm chief. In other words, he recognized his own condition. He says you need to Examine and survey what Christ has done for humanity. It's an opportunity not only for our own lives, but for the lives of those that are around us. It's a time to remember the cross and that it's a 
represents Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of good news. It's payment for our sins. It shows the depth of our sin and yet the size of God's love. And it's also time to be alone with him. cross, that contemplation. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? What has his death and resurrection accomplished in your life? What do you attribute the change to? How does your life reflect what he has done? How is your heart in relationship to it? Contemplation. It's a time of identification. The process whereby the subject assimilates an aspect of property or attribute of the other and is transformed by it. Now, of course, we know who the property or the attribute is, all right? But who's who's the subject? We are. How... Are we, is it being assimilated into our life and how is it transforming our life? It's a time of identification. It verifies, you know, a person's identity. Paul said, you know, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Jesus Christ. It's, it's a document It verifies your identity. The cross. It's your identity. The cross is the church's identity. And it's the identity with him who was on the cross. It's a time when We can take our stand and proclaim our faith in him and our dependence upon his sacrifice. I've heard it said, and maybe you have too, of those Christians, they just got a crutch. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We got a crutch that holds us up. We got a crutch that we can lean on. You know what I mean? We got a crutch that gives us hope. We got a crutch that redeems us and releases us. It's a crutch that every humanity is going to need to get into heaven. Identification.
It's a time of declaration. Now, I'm not suggesting that you can go through all of these processes at the, at the same time, but it gives you a little bit of perimeter of, of maybe at a given moment at the table. It is a formal or explicit statement or announcement. The announcement of the beginning of a state or condition to make known officially and publicly. So, when you take communion or sit at the Lord's table, you know what I mean? You're making a public announcement that there was a point in beginning in my life where things changed. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. The beginning of a state or a condition. I've went from having, you know, been a sinner to now being made righteous. That one alone, church. To go from being a sinner to being made righteous. By what? By the cross. And your identity with a a declaration. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. The thing that I have found in my life is, is that I don't want to get moving so fast as a Christian that I forget, you know, what it is that makes me a Christian. You know, how it is that I got where I am and who it is, you know what I mean, that makes me to be able to freely come before the Father in heaven. You know what I mean? And there's never a frown upon his face. There's never a, you know, a a slight. I'll always come. Good days and bad days. Do you know you can come to God because of Jesus Christ on your bad day, just as welcoming as you could on your good day. But somehow we seem to be able, be more able to come to God on our good days than on our bad days because we associate our approach to him as being somehow connected to our good days. When in reality, God loves your good days. But he says, you know what? I want to make your bad days good. <laughs> bad days cross the cross of Jesus Christ not just the cross but the cross of Jesus Christ not just any cross because there was two thieves that were hung on the cross they did nothing for your future nor did they do anything for your past they were crucified they shed blood they suffered they went through all per se that you know that goes on when someone is crucified it had no effect it had no power In the table of the Lord and communion, we are 
making a proclamation and declaring not only to ourselves, but to both the saved and the unsaved, to the next generation. So it's not only a time of educating, it's a time of worship. It's a time of worship. It's a time when we want to understand that this message is so vital and so important. It needs to come from us. Because Acts 4 and 12 says that neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name given under heaven whereby man must be saved, you know what I mean, than the name of Jesus Christ. Anybody say amen? Amen. There's only one name. There's only one name. The name of Jesus Christ. There's only one cross, and that's the cross of Jesus Christ. To some, that's offensive. To be so narrow-minded. but it's in the book. And the Bible says that he's going to open the book. In fact, as Paul said this, he said, he said that we're going to be judged according to the gospel that he preached. There's nothing wrong with stake, taking your stand in the book, the Bible. Is, do you believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Yeah. (laughs) Why? Because, you know, the Bible said so. That's what it says. And there's that which is connected, you know, to that name. See, he was given the name at birth, but the name was empowered when he went ahead and went to the cross and rose again. He said, prior to this, he said, you know, you would go to the Father, but now you can go to the Father and you can ask it in my name because the name was empowered. You know, we don't want to use it as, you know, some kind of club. But we do want to use it as a bridge from death to life. The name of Jesus. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Everybody say it. Jesus. I know that's old gospel. 
But it's important, and I'll tell you why. Because some Christians, you know what I mean, are not standing up. Because it's going to offend someone that believes otherwise or has a different God. You got to get people to the right God before you can get them to the right heaven. And so that's why communion and the Lord's table is such a powerful thing. It's sending messages. Send a message to the believer. You know what I mean? That what he believes is right. And it sends a message to the unbeliever. You know what I mean? Of light into their, their darkness. Wayne, if you guys get ready. If we're going to have revival, it's going to be around the cross in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to take it a little bit further. This one here gets a little bit, you know, gets a little bit heavy. It's a time of personal examination personal examination of your own you know not so much not so much your position in Christ but your practice in Christ because see you know Jesus Christ when we release, receive him as Lord and Savior you know he secures our position in Christ but it's the inward working of the of that the outward working rather of that inward work that produces the practice of our life, of the life of, of a believer. A detailed inspection or investigation an analysis or an appraisal. Put it in, you know, simple terms is like when mom said, wash up for supper. That's what you do. You start to wash up before you participate in it. So it's a, it's a time of examination. Powerful passage of scripture there. To, to, to drink in an unworthy manner means not to acclaim what is, you know, uh, what is going on here. The fullness of it. The full work of Christ. Full forgiveness. Full acceptance. Full power to restore. Strength and healing that, that comes to us. In this passage of scripture, of what he is referring to, is not so much 
your relationship horizontal, but your relationship vertically. He begins to start talking about the body. How that there was inconsideration that was going on. Now, they used to do full suppers. All right. Now, we just have the table of the Lord. And, you know, but you would find places where they still do the full suppers. But there was, you know, social differences that was happening in the church. There was poor people, and there was people that were not so poor, and they kind of had their own arenas of. And he goes on and says, you know, that some are having some sicknesses and even deaths happen because they're not discerning the Lord's body. And it seems to be in the context of not the body that was crucified, but the body that was born, which is you and me. Value. Because I'm not the, you're not the I, or because you can't do this. Or, he said, you know. Paul writes in the tenth chapter. He said, "We're one bread. We're one bread. We're all cut from the same loaf." We all come from the same cross. We're all alive because of the same work. Oh, church, hallelujah. Amen. Musicians. We're going to have the table of the Lord. That you stand with me this morning and... And so he says, as often as you do it, let Jesus Christ be the center of your celebration. And he is. Paul on the, or excuse me, Peter on the rooftop. He sees the sheet coming down, you know what I mean? And his tradition is getting in the way. And finally God speaks to him. He says, you know, Peter, don't call that which I have cleansed to be common. (laughs) 
whatever has been cleansed by the blood and by the cross is no longer common, church. Hallelujah. It's no longer, you know what I mean? You know, nothing but wonderful and redeemed and inglorious. Revelations, as John looked at it and he said, he looked at this great sea of people. And as he began to look at it and begin to hear their languages and begin to see, you know, their, their faces and their colors and, you know, and, and he says, my goodness. They're from every tribe and every tongue. The whites, the blacks, the Hispanics, you know what I mean? The Asians, the greens, the yellows, everything you saw in that great sea. Said so they're all there because of one reason. They had all been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. As we begin to close, what's he saying? Get the message out. Get the message out. Get the message out. Get the message out. Hallelujah. Get the message out. Message. Till what? Till he comes. He hasn't come. So the message is still the same. One man, one cross for all mankind. Father, as we leave the house this morning and you've said we've sat at a table. It's called the table of the Lord. And it has been spread for us in the presence of our enemies. It has on it, Lord, the blood that can wash the sins away and redeem the life of the sinner. It has the blood that as your children, God, fall in, in their own walk, they can be covered and washed and be cleansed. It has a bread that to be received that produces health and life and healing. As we go this morning and this week and in this Thanksgiving week, bring us back 
God in a celebrating fashion, but in humility upon our knees. The cross and nothing but the cross. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Think about how he's prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Bible Center Church. For more information, you can find us online at www.biblectr.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash BibleCTR. Thank you.